Hi, everyone. I'm Christina Mendonca. Thanks for being here for Episode 8 of A Fresh Agenda. This is A Fresh Agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work. Here is Christina Mendonca. Hi, everyone. This is A Fresh Agenda. Thanks for being here. This is where we talk to innovators and entrepreneurs about their creative processes and how, through the distractions of life, we get at our deepest work. Thanks for being here. Happy 2018. And welcome to the opening bell on the largest legal pot market in the world. Recreational marijuana is legal in California as of January 1st, and the green rush is on. It's actually been on for months, even years, as entrepreneurs and longtime businesses try to create or cash in on the new opportunities. Now, full disclosure, I don't smoke pot or cigarettes or anything else. But if you're looking for innovation and entrepreneurism, the legal cannabis industry is a good place to look. The laws and regulations on legal recreational cannabis are voluminous already, and they're still being written, which means innovators and entrepreneurs are living on that cutting edge that could impact their direction with every new regulation. And then there's the fact that it's still federally illegal. A lot of them actually thrive on this kind of uncertainty. So today we're talking to an entrepreneur with an innovative take on the legal cannabis market. He's created a marijuana wine. And this was a challenge because the new law states you can't sell alcohol and cannabis together. So he's going to tell us how he dealt with all of that, as well as some fascinating science behind his new blend. Like, how many sips can you take before you need Uber? Chip Forsyth is the winemaker and one of the founders of Rebel Coast Winery. As the name suggests, they were living on the edge of the law long before legal weed was a thing. So Chip Forsyth joins me now. And Chip, tell me about this new wine that you guys are making. You're getting a lot of attention for it. And how did you how did you formulate it? How do you get the marijuana in the wine? Yeah, so they, they, first of all, thank you. And uh yeah, I started off, I went to school in San Luis Obispo at Cal Poly in 2004, and we were making uh, actual weed wine back then where you just would take a pound of marijuana, put it into a barrel of halfway fermented wine. The alcohol extracts the THC from the flower, and about five days later, you strain it out. Or you strain out all the flour, kind of like tea leaves, and you've got marijuana-infused wine. Um, so we've been doing that. That's just like for personal consumption. You keep it, you know, keep that kind of stuff to yourself because it, it was still illegal then. And it was about a year ago that we wanted to do this uh, legally here in California. But you're not allowed to make um, or you're not allowed to sell alcohol or tobacco where marijuana is sold. Um, you can't sell them in the same products or under the same roof. Uh, that's why you, you're not going to see any pre-rolled spliffs. Um, or any, you'll never be able to buy marijuana, or not never, but at least for another couple of years, you won't be able to buy marijuana at your gas station or liquor store if you've got a beer or wine or spirits license. Um, so that was when we kind of came up with the idea. We're like, well, the alcohol is what's actually keeping us from doing this. Um, what if we made the wine and then removed the alcohol and then infused it with THC? And we tried it. It tasted okay, and we were like, well, cool, let's, let's spend the, the better part of the next year doing as much research and, uh, and product development to, to see what it, we can do to make non-alcoholic wine taste better. Um, and that's kind of what we spent, you know, every hour on up until about a month ago. And we finally got a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc that tasted really good. 
um, and we we're, we were infusing it with traditional THC. Um, and when I say traditional, I'm kind of talking about how uh, normal edible, like a brownie or a cookie or something like that, it takes about 45 minutes for you to feel the effects of the THC. It has to go through your whole system, um, through your stomach and everything like that, and then get processed into your bloodstream. Uh, and that's just not something we were kind of stoked on because as we're you know, drinking this stuff every day and trying to get different different formulas of it, you would just you drink a glass and we have to like you'd have to use a lot of self control to not drink another glass of it in the next 45 minutes. So we partnered up with a company out of Colorado, and they've got a, um, a THC that's coated with a, it's called a surfactant. It coats the THC molecule, so it makes the THC water soluble because THC, when you extract it from the marijuana plant, is an oil, and oil and water don't mix. Uh, so what you do is you have to extract the THC oil and then coat that oil with, and this is on a microscopic level, you coat that oil with something that allows it to behave like it's in complete solution in a liquid. So basically you can add the oil to a liquid now. And the, what we coat the THC molecule with is incredibly bioavailable so that you feel it, it goes through your system in like 10 to 15 minutes. So our, what my, our biggest goal has been is to mimic the whole ritual of drinking a wine and the whole experience of drinking a glass of wine. Um, so very low dosages, same, same with like a glass of wine. Like there's stronger uh, alcohols out there than wine. Um, and there's stronger ways to enjoy THC than drinking it or eating it, however you want to do it. Um, but what our thing is, is it's, it's fun to just open up a bottle and drink it with friends and, you know, get happy and giggly with it and not, I mean, you're not hungover when you drink this stuff. That's fascinating. This whole science behind it is fascinating to me because the way you described how you were making it in the early days, kind of like using tea leaves where you infuse it that way sounds, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. But coating it, I mean, because I know when I open a bottle of wine for friends, it's not surviving the night. So I, I can't imagine how you had to regulate that THC to make sure that, you know, people weren't going to have one glass and be off to bed. Oh, yeah, it was, it was lots. Of, I mean, there, there are lots of nights where, you know, in the early stages of this where you would just be like, crap, like I drank two glasses, you know, we because it's on a marketing level, it's hard to, it, marijuana is just coming out of prohibition and it used to be when alcohol was still in prohibition, the most expensive valuable jar or thing that you could buy of alcohol was a jar of moonshine, 90 proof, it's great, it's high bang for your buck in a small space. Marijuana is kind of the same way uh, right now, like if you've ever bought it in the past on the black market, you know, everybody comes up like, this is the best stuff. This is the strongest. This will put you on your ass. It's great. Um, so we've, we've really shied away from that on purpose uh, because there's four glasses in a bottle. And I don't want you to have to go find like five or six of your friends to drink a <laughs> bottle with. It's like, this is meant for two people, like you and your girlfriend or whoever you're with. Uh, you can drink the bottle, enjoy it, and have a really good time still. And you can drink another bottle if you want. I mean, it's. Yeah. Why did you choose to do it with white wine instead of red? That's kind of a random question, I know. But just, I mean, do you sell more white in general? Oh, yeah. No, it, it, it really came down to what white wines are 
what their normal flavor profiles and aromas are. And we picked Sauvignon Blanc because traditionally Sauvignon Blanc is a, is a more on the nose for, for the aroma of it. It's a more grassy and herbal and citrusy nose. And that's what in our minds com is most compatible with marijuana. Um, and when we first started this process, we were, we did a, a lot of R&D on extracting the terpenes and the flavor profiles of the marijuana plant and putting it into wine. Because in my, like nobody's ever done this before. When I hear weed wine, I'm thinking, for me, as a winemaker, it was like, cool, it's supposed to smell like weed and taste like wine. And we kept giving it to people and trying it with our groups of friends and lots of, lots of getting lots of feedback on it because nobody's done this before. And it turned out that people wanted, were more excited about something that smelled like wine, tasted like wine, and got you intoxicated with the THC effects. So um, we, will, we will be coming out with a rosé and a red wine, uh, but it's incredibly hard to do what we've done. And now that we've got the process down, like we'll be able to replicate that with a red and a rosé. But just for now, we just want to focus on Sauvignon Blanc and go from there. So uh, could you ever see, and I, I know it's hard to extrapolate this maybe into the future because you haven't really seen how sales are going to go yet for this first um, marijuana-infused wine, but could you see your winery making just those kinds of wines eventually? Or as a winemaker, do you really love the craft of making the traditional wine as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I was just starting off, I mean, I've been a winemaker for about 15 years now. I love it. I love I love making wine. I love the grapes. I love everything about it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we'd ever shy away from that. Interesting. I mean, I'm up in Oregon. I think I told you right now. I'm up in Oregon, and I used to live in Colorado, a couple of states where, where weed is legal. California, and you doing weed-infused wine is so typically California. It's It's an interesting innovation. Do you know anyone else doing what you're doing right now? Not... Uh, yes, yes and no. Uh, not with the alcohol removal. Um, removing alcohol completely from wine has never been something that anyone in the wine industry has taken seriously. It's, it's like we're not trying to make grape juice or Pellegrino. Like we're doing this for the effect. Like alcohol is beautiful. It's fun. It's it's enjoyable. It's socially acceptable. Um, so, like I was saying when I was in school, we were you know, and a lot of winemakers do this just where the alcohol extracts the THC, and that's good, but that won't be legal for years. So I don't know anybody or haven't heard of or met or talked to anybody that's doing an alcohol-removed wine, um, but I do have a lot of great winemaker friends that leave the alcohol in it, and they won't be able to sell this to the public like we are right now. Um, do you... Uh do you see yourself, uh, you know, ex exporting this at some point? We kind of. You can't cross state lines with marijuana, and I don't see that ending anytime soon. Um, what we will be doing as we, we've gotten a you know, people are really excited about this. Like, there's a lot of good things uh, that have come from a bottle of our, of our Sauvignon Blanc. Um, but what we will do is we'll still make the wine here in California at our winery, and then we can you can cross state lines with the non-alcoholic juice. So we, we're planning on going to Colorado next, and then we'll be using Colorado cannabis to infuse it in Colorado. Um, we basically have to pick up our whole operation, or not leave California, but start a whole new operation in another state as we expand. Um, so, yeah, we definitely will be there, but... 
Yeah. So yeah. just, I mean, perfecting the actual product is one thing, but the whole business of getting into legal weed now, I mean, there's so much to learn. How have you been able to to uh, get up to speed on all the regulations you need to to be able to do business? I mean, even with the federal government uh, cracking down on some, some weed businesses, I mean, how are you, uh, do you have to handle the money differently that you get from that particular product? Uh, yes. <laughs> we've, we've gotten to where we are by not sleeping very much. Um, and we have a we have a great we have a great team behind us now. Um, I've got a great business partner and co-founder. He's really really well versed in the marijuana space. Um, our law firm we partnered with a, a law firm called Vicente Cedarberg, and they're the largest in America for marijuana um, legal. And they've, they've given us a lot of counsel on what not to do and how to stay out of jail. Right, that's right. Our main goal. Um, but yeah, as far as the money side of things, that's a whole other thing because to do, until it's no longer a Schedule One substance, which I don't think it will be in the next two years, but you can't even bank it. You have to, you have to go to a state chartered bank or credit union instead of a federally chartered bank or credit union. Like right now, Chase Bank or Bank of America won't touch any marijuana businesses, even though they're fully legal and licensed in California, because they're, F or the, um, they're still backed by the federal government. So we had to find a, a local California chartered bank to handle our transactions and then to do, to resell online right now until January, we're taking pre-orders. Um, in those transactions, the credit card uh, transactions have to go out of the country first to get processed and then back into the country uh, to our bank account. So there, there's been an incredible learning thing, but there's just so much excitement around this and being the first at something is, is even more exciting. So it, it makes every, waking up every day really, really fun. So it's been a big challenge, but we've had a good time with it. Absolutely. My, my podcast is all about innovators and entrepreneurs, and, and you are both, obviously. How excited are you about the Wild West? Um, it, I mean, it really is like the Wild West right now. There's a lot of things that are still being figured out, both on the government and regulation side and also on the side of the innovators and entrepreneurs who want to bring these products to an eager public. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. I mean, every day, and it's the wildest thing about this is that for the last I don't know, 50, 100 years, about 100, maybe the last 50 years, this has been a black market illegal drug. And sharing information has always been incredibly dangerous. So the culture around it is still a culture that is, you, you hold your knowledge close to your chest. And this even comes when it comes to growing techniques and everything. There's a lot of hearsay and wives' tales, and there's no real research on how to do stuff or, do, or published papers about anything. So it's been, it's been absolutely wild. Like you, we've become friends with some great innovators in the space, but there still is a dark underbelly to it because I mean, there's a lot of stuff, in, especially in California, I think, or in Los Angeles, it's where I live, I think there's 136 licensed dispensaries um, and you drive, you just, you know, drive anywhere in LA and I think that you'll see around a little over a thousand operating ones um, operating illegally. And I don't know how much that's going to change the second the clock strikes 12 for January 1st, 
but um, there's still a deep, dark underbelly to this industry. Tell me about a little bit more about the wine, okay? I'm, I'm familiar with Sunday Fun Day. Love that. Reckless Love. Love that one, too. What is this one called, and where? what should we pair it with? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so the name of our winery is Rebel Coast, and when we were trying to find a good fitting name for the marijuana-infused wine, it just kept coming back to, why don't we just call it Rebel Coast? Like, it's California. We're absolutely, at the time, we were breaking laws to do the R&D on it, and um, it's, it is a little more of a rebellious wine. So the, the marijuana-infused wine is called Rebel Coast, and um, I would 100% pair it with, because it is, it, 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 it mimics uh, Sauvignon Blanc, or not mimics, it mimics the flavor profile that everyone associates with Sauvignon Blanc. Um, so it's like a lighter, a crisper, more refreshing wine. It's not sweet at all. But um, for me personally, like some grilled chicken in the backyard um, with a little lemon lemon squeezed over it and a little bit of salt and pepper is kind of my go-to for it. Perfect. And how many glasses before you need Uber? Oh, <laughs> that's, that's something we toyed with a lot. Um, we, we experimented with the higher dosages at first to, to kind of mirror what other type of uh, uh, cannabis-infused drinks are out there. And we just kept coming back to just tone it down, tone it down, tone it down. Um, our theory is that you can always drink more wine. You can't. It's like I don't, everyone's had a bad experience with eating one too many brownies in college, and it's a terrible experience. So we don't want to get there. Right. Um, but you'll, and it depends on if you if you smoke. You know, if you smoke every day, it's kind of like if you drink a bottle of wine, not a bottle. If you drink a couple glasses of wine every day, um, compared to never drinking wine and then having your first glass, you you feel it differently. So it depends on everybody kind of like any other substance, but I mean, two, you'll feel it 10 minutes into your first class. Um, so I, I kind of like to have like two or three glasses throughout the night, you know, because you're not chugging it. It's wine. So you just sit by. Right, it it's wine. 10 yeah. minutes to drink a glass and, you know, relax. And it's usually a social, social setting. So I, I can't really say, but our goal is not for anybody to you know, just get locked to the couch and forget how to talk to people. <laughs> oh, well, tell us again, okay, how we find you, how we find the wine, where do we get it, can, when can we order it, all that oh, good yeah, information. Okay. Um, so I mean, you could just Google Rebel Coast Winery and we'll, we'll pop up, but uh, Rebel Coast Winery or rebelcoast.com will take you to our website. And uh, we're taking pre-orders right now for the wine. So we'll be able to ship it. We're having a ship date of Valentine's Day. We kind of have to wait for all the legal side of things to clear up in January and February in California. So we, we know that everything that we've planned on is actually goes through. Um, but yeah, we're taking orders for it right now. We've gotten tremendous excitement, lots of good feedback. So we've taken a ton of pre-orders. I hope we don't sell out because uh, the last thing I want to do is <laughs> have somebody really want something and we're like sorry I didn't plan well enough like you can't get it well we, it sounds like there's going to be a lot more to come and a red to come soon that's exciting yes yeah we're, we're really I think we'll probably do a rosé first um, and that's just purely selfish of me I'm a big fan of rosés right now but yeah we'll probably do the red and rosé mid uh, 2018 fantastic Chip Forsyth thank you so much for your time we appreciate it wish you best of luck with the new wine and continued success with Rebel Coast oh my, my pleasure thank you so much
That's Chip Forsyth with Rebel Coast Winery. They are living on the edge, definitely, in this new legal recreational marijuana market. Open January 1st, makes California the largest legal recreational weed market in the world. And we're going to see a lot of changes coming up in the months and years, just like Colorado has and Oregon and Washington. We're going to see a lot of changes in the law, a lot of uh, people rushing in to get a part of it economically. And we'll just have to see what happens with all of that. So if you'd like to drop me a line on this or any other A Fresh Agenda podcast, you can email me at christinamendanza2 at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram or LinkedIn. And you can also go to my website, christinamendanza.com and drop me a message there as well. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time for another A Fresh Agenda. This is A Fresh Agenda. Bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.